BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And now, are you effing kidding me with JoJo from Juries? Well, this week, Kevin McChaos chummed the rabid waters of his MAGA masters with the red meat of the impeachment they've been clamoring for. An impeachment inquiry announced by a feckless and ineffectual Craven Cut piece. A speaker in name only, so desperate for an empty title, he gave up every single shred of its power. The most extreme mechanism for oversight in all of government, the impeachment of a president, announced by one man, stripped of all but his gavel in a fancy two-room suite, without a vote, because MAGA knew that they didn't have the votes, and Kevin knew that he didn't have the votes, but they forced his hand when he sold whatever infinitesimal speck of his soul remained. They didn't have the votes, they knew they didn't have the votes, and they didn't care. They don't care, because they're not there to govern. They don't believe in government. They are there for calamity and chaos. They're there to break shit, to do what the January 6th mob set out to do in those hallowed halls, only instead of zip ties, bear spray, and police shields, they are using the podium. The January 6th attack on our democracy came from the outside in, but now the call is coming from the inside of the house. Literally. My guest this week is Trey Crowder. Trey has been performing his particular brand of Southern fried intellectual comedy all around this country for years. Though he started in 2010, he first earned national attention or notoriety, depending on your viewpoint, for his liberal redneck series of viral videos in the spring of 2016. Since then, he has sold out shows around the country, written two books, been on TV here and there, and pissed off a whole lot of racist uncles. Trey has also appeared on Veronica Mars, Real Time with Bill Maher, and The View, Nightline, Comedy Central, CNN, and more. <laughs> I laughed so hard during this chat, I nearly paid myself. I hope you don't do that, but I also hope that you enjoy. Welcome to the Are You Effing Kidding Me podcast with Jojo from Jers. My guest today is Trey Crowder, who's um, an unbelievably funny comedian that I discovered. I'm sure I was not the only one to discover him um, on Twitter and some of his car rants just absolutely correct me up. So welcome, Trey. Hey, how's it going? Glad to be here. I'm so glad to talk with you. I have watched your car rant videos. Um, I don't know. The first one was probably, how long have you been doing those? I've been doing those since 2016. Uh, yeah. Do you, like, you may have seen, every now and then I'll have one that, like, you know, 
kind of pops off somewhat in terms of, you know, like does well or gets, gets around. So you may have seen one of the, you know, like there was, I had an ivermectin one during the pandemic that was pretty big, you know, and a couple others. So yeah, but I do, I try to do them pretty consistently. I've been doing stand up comedy since two, uh, 2010 uh, and then 2016, I started making those videos and that uh, elevated things for me. Yeah, I'm sure that's crazy. First of all, you don't, seem old enough <laughs> you look very young well, people probably tell you that a lot that's very sweet of you to say you know you just give me the vipers no I'm, th I'm, th I'm 37 I mean I started when I was uh, I started stand up when I was 24 which it's not late but uh, you know they're like one of the guys I tour with he started when he was 16 a lot of, a lot of guys do so I've always felt like I kind of got in it sort of late anyway and then I've been doing it for 13 years so you know and I told you before we started, I've got two kids. I, you know, I, I had kids early because I'm white trash, I'm Tennessee trash, and that's how we do it. So I was like, I was like 25 when my first son was born, and uh, so for all those reasons, I don't, I don't feel like a spring chicken. You know, <laughs> like I, yeah, I feel like I'm, you know, pushing 40 as I am. And that's not an easy, that's not an easy life, right? Like it's not a, to be a, a comedian. You have to tour and you got to deal with mm -hmm. all the stuff. And I'm sure it's not like. I couldn't do it. I know I couldn't do it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's both because it's like before when I first started stand up, I worked for the U.S. Department of Energy uh, and I was a contracting officer. That was my like day job. And it's like an office drone job, but for the federal government. And, uh, you know, so like it was a dream come true for me to be able to do stand to do comedy professionally it's like what i'd wanted to do so that's great and i'm very lucky but having a family and stuff being gone as much as i am is hard but even then it's not as bad as it could be because it's not like a band with a band they uh they like have to mobilize the whole crew and their roadies and their buses and all this stuff and they go out on tour for like weeks at a time but I don't have to do that. I just fly in. It's just me. I just show up. They got a microphone set up. I, I don't have any gear. I don't have an entourage or nothing like that. So like, I like this weekend, I'm going to Austin, Texas for shows. I'll fly out Friday morning, do show Friday, two shows Saturday, and then I fly back home Sunday morning. So I'm gone for like two days. Then I fly out again next Wednesday for a longer run. But I'm saying I'm only ever gone for a couple of days and then I come back home for a few days and then I, and I have some weekends off too. Um, one of the things is sort of like this intersection, I think, where um, my content and your content meet is you talk a lot about Republicans and Donald Trump and MAGA, et cetera. That's, you know, those are the, the things that resonated with me in the beginning. And I was just going through your Twitter feed and I had never seen these flags. But you said you showed a picture. There's a flag, a MAGA flag out now, and it's Trump or death. Mm -hmm. if apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about that. I mean, I like often I talk about just I call it a cult of stupids, but Trump right. death. It's yeah, no, they're really die. really leaning into the whole cult thing. Uh, evidently, it's funny they'll get so mad about, you know, they get mad if you call them like fascist or racist or say they're in a cult, and then they do, you know, try to make transgender people not exist and put Trump or death on their flags, and you know, try to deport every Muslim from the country and things like that. So. Uh, it's pretty much par for the course for them. But, you know, I'm sure they were, they were just getting tired of the flags they had. They love flags. These people love flags. They always got to have a new flag. You know what I mean? It, like having a new flag is very exciting for them. It's like Christmas morning. It's like a brand new flag, you know, when they didn't even think they could come out with new flags. And all of a sudden they've got one. So, yeah, you know. 
I also think it's hysterical that these are the same people who are like, I can't afford eggs and I can't afford, sorry, I'm doing a Southern accent. <laughs> I can't afford them, you know, things because it's Biden's inflation. But I would love to know where one of these giant, like, house-sized flags runs them. You know, and where they got the money for that? Yeah. Yeah, back in my day, it was like, you know, uh, trailer Americans would spend their money, you know, spend the money they didn't have on, like, stereo systems and stuff. That's what my dad did. That was a yeah. much cooler, uh, more rock and roll uh, way to be wasteful uh, with your income. But, yeah, no, yeah, you know, big uh, custom printed flags, not cheap, certainly. But it's also, like, they don't have them custom printed. One of them will have it custom printed, and then they start selling them to the rest of them because everything's a grift with them, too. You know what I mean? So, like, whoever came up with that Trump or death flag, which is, like, not a hard thing to come up with, but somebody had to come up with it. Whoever came up with that is, you know, probably made a lot of money off of it, I would imagine. And then they also may have then turned around and given that money to Trump <laughs> for his like for his legal defense or whatnot. You know, that would check out too. Because he's a billionaire, they have to send him their money. Where I live is like really red. People don't think of New Jersey as having a lot of red parts to it, but it's like very, very red here. And uh, there's a house that has always had some kind of crazy propaganda on its front fence. And the other day, I drove by, it's by the Walmart. Um, the other day, I drove by, and they have a huge, huge sign, and it's Trump's mugshot, and it says, Trump's guilty of winning the 2020 election. Yeah. <laughs> it's massive. Yeah. Yeah, they were, you know... You knew as soon as the mugshot happened, they were going to co-opt that any way they could. I mean, that's why Trump Trump himself put it on a T-shirt. A very funny, you know, that's what Trump said, never surrender. And it's a picture of him after he had surrendered. It's classic Trump. Very funny. But, uh, yeah, you knew they were going to take that ball and run with it, treat it like uh, treat it like people do rappers and stuff, you know, with mugshots. They, they they love the they act like he's like gangster and stuff like that all the time too. It's like nothing about the whole Trump thing makes any sense really. The from the very beginning, I was like, I, I don't understand why this guy is the guy that has become the champion of like working class America or whatever. When he's the most like you know elitist, snooty, blue blood, you know, big city bastard on earth. <laughs> right. But I don't know. He tapped into their whole you know the rage they had ignorance and rage like and and bold bold ignorance you know uh and all that stuff he just he made he put all that on the table and made it all okay and they they loved him for it i guess yeah have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad free Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
the, and there's the huge racism piece to that. Yeah, that's part yeah. of the rage. Yeah, the hating, being able to openly hate, you know, whoever they want to hate, that they want to blame for whatever's wrong with their lives or anything. He was, he was very good. He is very good at that. Um, and it's crazy to me because they always vote against their own best interests with him, like with the entire Republican Party. I mean, the Republican Party is running on, we want to take away your Medicare, Medicaid and Social Security and lower taxes for rich people, but we hate who you hate. So can you vote for us? Like, I just don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. That's definitely true. I mean, at this point, there's no, for a while in 2016 and then in 2017, I was kind of defending that point a little bit just with Trump because I was like, well, you know, I mean, Trump was the only one. Trump, like, totally he lied. He made it all up, but he told all these people like, you know, I'm going to like go to Mexico and get your jobs back and make them pay for it and all this type of stuff. And it's like, you know, that, that kind of thing was speaking to their economic self-interest, but they just never should have bought it in the first place. But ever since, I mean, it's, we're way, way, way past all that now. And, uh, yeah, you know, everybody's a temporarily inconvenienced millionaire or whatever they think. That's what everybody says. That's just so hard for me to believe. I mean, maybe that's the case, but it's just so hard for me to believe that these people actually think that they're, like, gonna be rich enough to get those tax breaks someday. It's like, you know, you're a welder. Nothing wrong with welding, but, like, how's that ever gonna happen? But I don't know. Maybe they do. Because, I mean, I'm confounded by it, too. I don't know. I don't know why they, you know, like you said, it's because they they hate all the same people, I guess, and that's more important than being able yeah. for their grandma being able to afford her medicine or something. <laughs> I don't know. And now they're rewriting all of the history anyway. I mean, like I was really, I, I'm from New Jersey, I grew up here. I lived in New York for a long time and, and I get very, very triggered when 9-11 comes along and Trump tweets or shares or whatever says anything about 9-11 because I always remember that he said all those fucking lies, but the one about being there and helping remove the rubble is one that re like really gets me, like makes my blood boil. <laughs> and they believe this shit, these lies that he tells, and it's gotten to the point now where, where his whole entire four years was the best we've ever had it in this country. That's like Marge Green's out there talking about how it was dollar fifty-seven gas, and it's like last time it was a dollar fifty-seven gas. There were you know trucks in New York City with body bags in them because nobody was going anywhere because there wasn't any demand for gas. But they created this whole fiction. It's like not even remotely true. Yeah, I mean, ever since you know early on in his rise, he you know sort of propagated the whole fake news thing, and that was you know it was off to the races after that. I mean, that was like a brilliant stroke because ever since then, it's like the truth just doesn't matter. And they just lean into that all the time. They just say all these things and get everybody riled up. And it's also effective. And the fact that none of it is factual or accurate or true is completely immaterial to them, which is maddening if you're on the other side. But also, like, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know what you do about that. I don't, because like, there's a saying, I can't, it's like, you can't, I don't know, you can't use reason to get somebody out of a, an unreasonable position or you can't, like, you know, rationalize somebody out of believing something that they believe irrationally or something like that. Like, you can't, you know, there's nothing really you can do, in my opinion, uh, where these people get down that particular rabbit hole and just believe what they want to believe and, you know. Yeah, so. I, mean, I agree. Yeah, because, I mean, what are you going to do? You can't present them with any facts. I mean, it doesn't matter right. because it's like, stapling jello i mean it's just they, they just they don't care what you have to present to them which is brings me to this other question because we just saw today kevin mccarthy announced that they would have an impeachment inquiry into joe biden without a yeah. shred of evidence yeah. <laughs> at all 
Yeah, they. It's weird. They like another thing they do. It's like it, they're just so committed to and adept at like projection. You know what I mean? Like it, everything they do, it's like hypocrisy is so deeply interwoven into their like fabric that like everything they do has like you know an equal and opposite action you can point to with them doing like with this with the, this impeachment thing like it's exact like it feels like they're setting us up because we're going to be like this is a witch hunt right it's what we're going to say because there's no evidence against biden or whatever and then they're going to be like see you say it when it's biden or whatnot and it's like okay but the difference is this actually is a witch hunt like whereas with trump he did all that shit in front of everybody publicly. You know what I mean? Like it's so it's not the same, but they do that kind of thing all the time. They set up these like false equivalencies or whatever, and they just you know rant and rave about one thing, and then turn around and do it themselves. And and uh, you know, it, there's just no consistency, no accountability, no uh, reasonability. It's you know, it's rough, rough place to be. It's like trying to have a conversation with someone who only ever says, I know you are, but what am I? Like, it's something yeah, like exactly. it never, yeah. you're never going to get past that. But I will say that there's two things that I wanted to ask you about that I feel like maybe kind of signs of uh, hopefulness. I don't know if that's even a word. Okay. Anymore. So the first one is, um, you know, you, you did another car rent that was amazing about Ohio, about their special election yeah. in August. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I sent it to everybody that I work with because I work with a lot of people in Ohio. And one of the, it was like, you just kind of boiled it down. That's what you're really good at to like, you know, the, the Ohio Republicans were like, Hey, Ohio, do you want your vote to count for shit? Yeah. <laughs> it's out that and Ohioans were like, actually, I, I vote to have my vote count for shit. And yeah, that's, right. like, that's <laughs> the simplest distillation of that whole thing that made the most sense because that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what they were trying to do. And I'm, I wonder if you think that that is a, is, is sort of indicative of a, a broader, theme in this country and and something hopeful about maybe the democracy being able to sustain i mean yeah i mean i'd like to think so like i think that you know we've known for a long time that when more people vote republicans lose that's why they try to like suppress the vote and that type of thing which what that means is like they are not popular most people do not agree with them or their policies or any of that shit so most of us are sane and you know are stand in opposition to them and whatnot. But and it seems to be trending further and further in that direction, which makes all the sense in the world to me because they've spent so much time alienating every single demographic of people except for one. And it's like I don't see how that's supposed to be a winning strategy in a ostensible democracy. But still, it's just, it's pushing further and further in that direction, which is great. But they're still you know openly trying these tactics like what they did in Ohio to make it to change the rules enough to like you know cheat basically or shift the game in their favor to where it won't matter if you know if pe the you know the people want them in those positions like that's the game they're trying to play which you know is fascist and everything so i mean it's in terms of the american people yeah i am generally optimistic and hopeful and i think it will continue in that i don't think we as a people are backsliding in in that direction but I still do worry because of like the powers that be and what they're trying to like accomplish, and it, you can't like just rest easy and just assume that that they couldn't pull that off to some degree. You know, I mean, they trade you know like January sixth and everything. Like you know, if they can steal an election, they will. Like there's not nothing they won't stoop to. No, no tactic too dirty or anything. So I can't be overly optimistic. But in terms of the people, I am. 
you know, generally optimistic about the direction we're going. That's an interesting distinction, but and be, and it is it is worrisome because they're getting very creative about finding new ways to cheat. You know, yeah, what I mean? right. like we're seeing what they're doing in Ohio with the ballot measure and trying to change the threshold to sixty percent. And in Wisconsin, they're thinking about impeaching a Supreme Court justice who was just elected very popularly elected, who hasn't even heard a case yet. And North Carolina is all sorts of fucked up. But back to this this idea of the people. The, you're from Tennessee, right? Yeah. Obviously. So what for first? What part of Tennessee are you from? Because my kids' grand paternal grandmother is from Greenville. I'm from Clay County, which is uh, very, very, very rural. So if my hand is the state of Tennessee, what am I doing here? If that's Knoxville and that's Nashville, I'm from right here, right in the, the middle of the two up on the Kentucky line. No traffic lights, no McDonald's. Graduated high school with 60 kids, which was the biggest class we'd ever had. It's usually more like 30 or 40. I mean, it's like the absolute middle of nowhere to where I grew up. Then I moved to Knoxville for a job, and that's where I started stand up at. So I lived in Knoxville for a few years before I moved to L.A. in 2017. Um, I don't know where Greenville is on your hand. I don't either, actually. Like, yeah. there's a lot of Greenville. I feel like every <laughs> state has a Greenville, and I, I don't know Greenville, Tennessee, which makes me think it must be maybe in the western part because I don't know. I'm less familiar with West Tennessee. I've lived in, I grew up in Middle Tennessee, lived in East Tennessee, yeah. never lived in West Tennessee. So maybe it's over that way somewhere because I, I, yeah. I don't know it. Wherever it was, she didn't have plumbing or electricity until she was in high school, and I saw that house and it made a lot of sense. But um, on the subject of Tennessee and the and the and the people, right, and this maybe hopeful sort of perspective on what's what's really going on with the American people, Tennessee seems like it's going through some shit. Like um, after the Covenant shooting, there was a shift, sort of, in terms of gun restrictions. Gun, I mean, simple gun restrictions. A little. Listen. Bit. I don't know that I just said I'm optimistic in terms of the people. Maybe it's because it's just in my nature as a Tennessean. Because I feel even like as a football fan of the Tennessee football, I feel the same way. I just can't be generally optimistic because, like, I mean, we've really been on our bullshit. Like, like with Tennessee, it's like there's it's like Texas and Florida are ha consistently having a crazy off the past few years. You know what I mean? They're just like buying for the belt of the craziest yeah. city estate or whatever. But every now and then Tennessee like slides in like, hey, we're banning drag queens. We're crazy assholes, too, or whatever. Like it's like Tennessee's got little brother syndrome with the other <laughs> shitty states. And we got Marsha Blackburn and Bill Lee and Haggerty and, o and uh, Ogles and all these. I mean, we got some truly awful, awful people like uh, at like top shelf pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not good whereas like i used to like i remember tennessee was always a red state but like we'd have like phil bredesen used to be the governor he was a democrat that was like when i was in high school and college we had a democratic governor we'd even the republican governor we had even as recently as like 2050 obama administration the republican governor we had made community college free for every tennessee and all this stuff we we, we just he was like an old school like fiscally conservative but not a lunatic republican like it used to be like that yeah and we just have gone fully off the deep end in terms of the crazy you know maga shit and i really 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 do not like it but what you're talking about with the tennessee three and the gun violence and all that the footage i see and everybody lining up and the protesters all that stuff that is very heartening to me as a tennessean i like to see that uh you know it gives me some hope but I still think that, like, in terms of just sheer numbers, you know, like, I think Tennessee's going to remain a ruby red state, and they'll probably continue to have their way. Maybe in that one particular fight with gun violence, because you've got people in Nashville, you know, there's like, 
mom, like white suburban moms of who sent their kids to a Christian school in the South, right, are at the state house protesting, saying this is bullshit. We need to do something about the gun. And so, like, there might be some movement on that front, but overall. I still think we got a long way to go in Tennessee. It pains me to say, uh, but that's just my opinion. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The, the, those moms, they are, if anybody is going to get those that legislature to move at all on anything, right. is going to be those covenant school moms because, you know, that's their bread and butter and they don't want to lose them. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm also, you know, hopeful. I, I'm not naive, but I'm hopeful that Marsha Blackburn can be unseated <laughs> uh, by Gloria Johnson. I would love. Yeah. Gloria, that's my homegirl. She was, she's in Knoxville and I've, uh, known gloria you know mostly through twitter and stuff but also not you know she's come on i've she's come on my podcast and shit like that before known her for years i've always gloria's always been a a real one and i'm definitely rooting for her i'm, I'm probably gonna at some point in the near future i'm gonna make one of my videos about you know just basically trashing marsha blackburn and then saying gloria johnson's awesome basically oh. at the end of it uh because that'll really move the needle but yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't know she's uh gloria's been she's put her paid her dues like she's put the time and the work in and she's been a factor in tennessee for long enough that like and she's become the face of this whole thing that like you know maybe there might be a shot but like i didn't think i very and it, it, like it was a back-breaking moment for me i think it was the 2018 midterms i think is when it was when phil bredesen when he lost to marsha blackburn in the first place and he lost by a lot too and that was like that was a real oh shit moment for me because like i said he had been a mayor of nashville and then the governor and he was like well liked he was like popular and uh i just didn't see that coming and i was like oh man this is this is not good and uh so you know i'll believe it when i see it yeah she's yeah, like, not stand her though oh god like, she's to your point about texas and florida always on trying to out crazy each other that's i feel like the republican senators all of them but the the senators do that too and it's like oh, i'm yeah. the worst senator competition where like ted cruz kind of neck and neck with you know take your pick um <laughs> holly right. whoever but i feel like marcia makes sure that she's always in the mix yeah. for that competition she's just always there for sure consistent in that consistently awful in that way and horrible and hateful and she's gotten even more i feel beholden to trump recently than she ever was before and i know she was bad before but it's it was, yeah. really bad since these indictments. And it's just, she's she needs to go. I mean, I would love to see it. I really hope for, I will be waiting for your video too. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to talk about Kevin McCarthy a little bit. And before we get to the last little round here, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on Kevin McCarthy and this whole, like his speakership, how that came to be? You know, what kind of, does he have any actual power? Is he just more no. Green's bitch? Like what? Yeah. Yeah. Seems like it. I don't know. I mean, he's totally spineless. You know, I, I feel like he, I guess the title meant 
so much to him. just having the title of being the speaker of the house was like uh, important enough to him to just like willingly neuter himself completely <laughs> in terms of the actual power it's supposed to provide because yeah now he's just he's just a puppet for the crazy caucus and everything evidently and so you know i mean i kind of want to point and laugh at him because that's funny to me and i don't like kevin mccarthy so you know i'm kind of got some schadenfreude over his predicament but it also it still sucks for all of us because you know we all have to deal with the bullshit he does um at the behest of the craziest people in congress you know because of that whole dynamic so you know not great it's true and i feel like he moved his shit in before he was even actually confirmed as the speaker and he was like i don't want to move my shit out and i've seen that speaker suite it is nice i will say that but like it's not nice enough to be like i will give myself um they can have one vote just one person can kick me out that's fine i'll give all my power to this chick i absolutely hate and i will bow down to this dude with you know a freaking five head that i absolutely hate <laughs> i'll do whatever it takes so that i can just keep my shit in that that office like that's it's, yeah right and it is. Yeah, it defeats the whole purpose of even having that position, it right. might, to me, in my opinion. But, like, again, I guess just the the position itself was enough for him. He could just forever, forevermore, he can say, you know, I was the Speaker of the House or whatever, and maybe that's all he cares about. But, like, anyone who knows anything about it is going to be like, yeah, and you were the, you know, the most cowardly Speaker of the House we've ever had. Uh, right. But long as the speaker part's in there, I guess that's all he cares about. I guess. it's, uh, And it is. This whole thing's going to be even worse. We're going to be dealing with all of that and maybe a government shutdown on top of it. It's going to yeah. be not a lot of fun, but a lot of circus, which is what we probably expected when, you know, these people were put in office and they have the slimmest majority in the House. It just kills me. They're like, we're going to prove that Biden weaponized the federal government. Right. By weaponizing. Weaponizing the federal government, yeah. <laughs> Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I was saying earlier. That's like that's like all they do is that is like just bald faced hypocrisy at every turn. Like they're proud of it almost, except they completely lack any self-awareness and seem genuinely oblivious to the fact that they're doing it, which is just such a crazy combination to have to deal with. And it's like this is the other half of the political spectrum in this country. And they wield a lot of power. And it's uh, it just makes you want to pull your hair out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, no, I definitely know what you mean. Um, so uh, on that note, we are going to wrap up with what I call my totally random question round. Um, yeah. There has three questions at the end. Totally random um, answer, obviously, however you choose. So one, if you were arrested without explanation, what would your friends and family think you had done? Uh, let me see. If it was out here in in California, probably gotten into some kind of altercation where I was meaning well, but they thought I was a crazy redneck and it led to like an actual, you know, maybe not a fist fight, but like, you know, a heated, a heated misunderstanding. Because that happens. I have this thing where like I, I like try to help, but because of my voice and maybe also my accent and just my mannerisms, people think that I'm being like combative or whatever. <laughs> It happens all the time. Like, I've had it happen in, like, a Starbucks or, like, trying to get onto the Disney lot, you know, and I'm trying, like, he's, like, making the phone call, and I'm over here, like, listen, I have other information that you need that would maybe, and he's saying, he's like, sir, sir, please, and I'm, and, you know, so it would probably be something like that. They would think that I had, was mostly innocent, but through my own ineptitude had ended up in these, uh, you know, perilous circumstances. I love that. That actually is the most interesting sort of, like, I don't know if you know Blair, Erskine, but like, yeah, I did. so right. She moved out from Georgia to California. That that move, like from you know, from the deep south 
to the to the LA scene. It's just like that. It's just they are those are worlds that are so different. I'm sure than the adjustment yes. is uh is not easy. Well, the other thing that's funny about it, the uh, the other thing that happens is if they hear my accent and they get like excited or happy, if they're like, "Where are you from?" I'm Tennessee, and they're like, "Oh, I love Tennessee." I want to. Then that means they are like a California conservative, usually like, and some conservative shit is coming. Like if they are, if they like Tennessee or want to move to Tennessee and they live in California, they're probably like you know one of the minority of right wingers out here. Is what I'm saying. So if I'm in a like uh, that's indicative of the fact of you know where they are politically if they're like a fan of Tennessee because most like the California liberals are like Tennessee uh, you know (laughs) but if if they're like ah fuck I'm trying to move to Tennessee I'm like yeah bet you are buddy please please do not continue you know sharing your opinions with me Uh, but they do They've built, they've, built, they've built their little house in what, Pigeon Hole? Is it Pigeon Hole? Pigeon Forge. Pigeon Forge. Sorry, I got my holes in forges. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the home of Dolly Parton, though, by the way, who's, That's... of course, unassailable and a national oh, treasure. She is a national treasure. Absolutely, 100%. Um, but I've heard that's kind of a Trump stronghold, too. Is that true? I'm out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. East Tennessee, up in the, the mountains, that's, you know, hillbilly shit. Like, outside of, like, the city, you know, Knoxville's blue, Nashville's blue, Memphis is blue, Chattanooga's blue, like just like any other state, the cities are blue, but every other part of Tennessee is red, you know. And so Sevierville and Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg, they're east of Knoxville into the mountains. So yeah, it's pretty red up there. Super Jesus-y, you know. Um, but a fun time, you know, they also got a bunch of like lumberjack games and zip lines and shit. So <laughs> you know. It's not all bad. And Dollywood. Yeah. You yeah. used to have season passes to Dollywood. <laughs> when I lived in Knoxville. My, my kids have been there, actually. Um, okay. Question two. Oh, this is a good one. What is your policy on food that drops on the floor? Oh, I ate it. <laughs> Next question. And he, there's no... So to, how, no, I'm a pig. I'm on <laughs> human garbage disposal. Like, I like I have... No, I, look, if I just... like. If I walked into a room and there's a donut sitting on the floor and I don't have any information, <laughs> it depends on what kind of donut it is. You know what I mean? I'm at least going to investigate it. If it's like the kind that I really like and I don't see any hairs on it or whatever, yeah, I'll still do it, you know? But like, if I just, if I drop something on the floor, I just pick it right back up and I'm totally fine. Uh, don't bother me at all. My wife gets, she gets mad about that and says I shouldn't do it. Cause I'll do that with like a chicken nugget. That's for one of our sons or something, you know? And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, they're going to be fine. Like the people used to say, actually be fine. Yeah. Just a weird you know, shit, that thing. Yeah. Right. Yes. But people, you know, said uh, God made dirt, dirt won't hurt. That's what I always heard <laughs> growing up. I don't believe in God, but like, you know, think that that's fine. Strengthens your immune system. It's not a problem. My daughter is a cautionary tale in eating shit off the floor because she had cocksacky like three times when she was little. And that was the worst, like, fucking most alien shit I've ever seen in my life. Like toenails and fingernails falling off. And it was because she, had, oh no, my God. she was, oh, I'm not, I'm not even, she would eat like, what? she would challenge me by licking the garbage can in a public place just to piss me off. And then like, she, sure enough, she'd get the freaking cocksacky. So I'm very, I'm very, okay. I have a very strict policy about like, well, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I guess I've been lucky. <laughs> no cocksacky. Last question. Oh, yeah. I have a... Okay, I'm not going to guess. How long would you last in a zombie apocalypse? No time. None. 
the day one. I'd be one of the first people gone. Like, there's no <laughs> way. It's funny you say, was your guest going to be longer? Yeah. yeah, I know. I used to have a bit about that on stage, actually. Like, when COVID was going on, I was like, I was, at that time, I was like, you know, uh, I think my accent actually plays better during all this shit, because for some reason, people think we're good in an apocalypse scenario. <laughs> Like, people think, you know, hear my accent and things like, oh, you know, he'll figure out how to put a chainsaw on a school bus if there's a zombie <laughs> horde coming or whatever. It's like, I don't know how to do that shit. I don't know how to do any of that shit. I can't farm. You know, I used to be an all right shot, so maybe that's useful, but I'd have to have somebody else's gun. You know what I mean? Um, uh, yeah, I've I, like, I've thought about that a lot, too. I feel like most people, they watch those shows, and I watch those shows, too. Not just zombie apocalypse show, but anything remotely dystopian or whatever, and you picture yourself among this ragtag group of survivors, but 95-plus percent of us would just be dead immediately, just <laughs> in the very, very beginning of it. And I'm just not—I don't have enough hubris to assume that I would make it through that. I'm not ex-military. I'm not special forces. Like, I'm a, I'm a comedian. What Like, if— they happened to build up a post-apocalyptic society around my house and those people needed someone to entertain them at the end of a chain, right? So they won't eat me. Then like, maybe I would stick around for a while, but other than that, oh, I'm gone. Just picturing like those traveling shows, like to, yeah. to like places where our troops are deployed, but it's you on a chain. On a chain. Yeah. What bunch of zombies. Exactly. Like, made me laugh, Crowder. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That'd be my only chance. Yeah, or they're like, I'm going to eat your arm. Um, that, that is the best answer I've ever gotten to any one of these questions, so thank you for that. Um, well, uh, that does it. <laughs> so uh, tell us, like, tell me, yeah. podcast, yeah. touring, where, where people can find you, where they can see you. Uh, I got a bunch of podcasts. Uh, listeners of this podcast, I have a political podcast you might like called Weekly Skews. We do it live every Tuesday night at 5 p.m. Pacific time, but you can also get it wherever you get your podcasts at, me and uh, Smart Mark AG. But other than that, basically, you just Trey Crowder, T-R-A-E Crowder on all the socials and TreyCrowder.com will get you everything, you know, Trey Crowder related. You get tickets to come see me on tour, pre-order my book around here and around here and over yonder coming out very soon um or just follow me on socials watch these videos that cool. uh, we've been talking about but yeah, yeah. that's pretty Love much it, it. Um, thanks for having me yeah thank you for being on when when are you east coast because i know you're ohio like not far, not too long but when are you performing out here um well i've just recently i know you're in jersey it's, I, I did a show in jersey about six months ago but i'm uh and then i was just in i was just in vermont connecticut upstate new york and but that just happened i'll be in um uh i, I got a weekend in boston in uh in uh october and there's probably something else i'm forgetting i'm about to do a whole big you said you got friends in ohio i'm about yeah. to do a five five night five city ohio pretty much every city in ohio over the course of five days next week so oh, that's awesome. friends, yeah my friend is going to me. that so she's very excited um oh that's right you told me that yeah, yeah cool yeah. she got right. the tickets before i even told her that you were going to be on the podcast yeah. they were already going um all right the, thank you so much this was so fun you're amazing i don't think i've ever laughed harder here's a people's answer so um, thank you for that. And uh, and uh, that's it. So have a great day. And everybody else, um, thank you for listening or watching the Are You Effing Kidding Me podcast with JoJo from Juris. I'll see you next week. Are You Effing Kidding Me is a production of the Political Voices Network. Please visit us at politicalvoicesnetwork.com. Mm-hmm.